Uh, so I was in the post office uh, taking a parcel uh, to post to one of the hospitals that I was working uh, with and I saw this magazine at the, the, at the counter and I thought, oh, well, that looks quite interesting. So I bought it and hence uh, my lecture. So there's a lot of things in it that, I've that I touch on and there's some things in it that, uh, that I don't. Uh, and Christianity is really a remarkable story uh, and we ourselves know being baptised that it has gone full circle that uh, all the things that we believe are what uh, the apostles uh, were taught by Christ uh, back in the first uh, century <coughs> so we've got a bit of a history lesson for the first few slides and uh, a bit of a story about uh, Christianity in itself uh, and then in the latter part we'll look at uh, the beliefs that we have and how they are uh, important uh, to us. Uh, so, <coughs> uh, with all these newfangled magazines and things like that, they come up with, uh, they like to be different, so they've come up with CE, which is common era, I believe. Uh, uh, we ourselves would just say it was like BC. So we can see there, uh, if you look at the list that's up there, uh, we've got the death of Christ uh, around about uh, 30 BC. Uh, and then we've got uh, Stephen being martyred in uh, 34 BC. And then there's various stages uh, of uh, Christianity as it developed uh, through the years till what we have uh, now. We can see there the book of Re uh, Revelation. Uh, they've got an like, unknown source or unknown where it was uh, written, uh, but they've got, you know, it's 95 to 96 uh, BC. <coughs> so some of the key events in the early years of uh, uh, Christianity itself uh, and how it developed uh, were their dis the decisions that they made on how uh, events and things were going to be incorporated into uh, the 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 body the Christ, the body of Christians. <coughs> and so we see in uh, the second slide there are various things there, but the kind of main one that I'm going to touch on is uh, like Peter's uh, second epistle. Uh, you know, in the the dis the those that were. Uh, the ruling body decided that they would accept that as a work in 125 uh, AD. Sorry, I've got a C-E and uh, I. It's C-E is AD. It's confusing for an old man like me. So, <coughs> and we've got various other things. Uh, so in 144, there's obviously a kind of division that starts among them. And there's like a widening gap in the beliefs that they have. Uh, and then in uh, 189 to about 199 AD, uh, there was a controversy around uh, the date of Easter. And Victor I kind of started this moving date philosophy that we have uh, today. Uh, <coughs> and then at the very bottom of that, we can see that the first use of the Trinity... Uh, was by uh, 
well, it doesn't say up there, but I've got it written down here, was by a chap called Tertullian, and he used it uh, in 2020 AD at a place called Carthage. So, as the Christianity developed, uh, so they get uh, persecuted, and you'll have all seen various films and things that depict these kind of various persecutions. Uh, so one of the emperors that uh, kind of instigated this was uh, Valerian uh, and he organised a, a massacre of the Christians uh, <coughs> in Rome about 257 uh, AD. However, his son went on to succeed him. Uh, he uh, issued a, a dedication of tolerance towards the Christians uh, and allowed them to have their uh, beliefs. There were various uh, books, so codex is a, a, a writing. So uh, in Alexandria, they, they discovered this codex in uh, 300 uh, AD. And also in that uh, particular uh, library in Ale Alexandria, uh, there's a copy of uh, the Gospel of Judas. Now, obviously, we don't have that in our uh, Bible. Uh, and uh, it's, we don't uh, accept it as part of the Bible because God has decided what uh, goes in the Bible. So uh, that <coughs> if God had wanted that in, then he would have picked it. But that book is uh, in that uh, library and they profess it to be uh, the book written by uh, Judas. We also have the, the first Christian state formed uh, there in 301. Uh, AD and thereof just after that they then started a great persecution uh, of the Christians <coughs> as Christianity moved on uh, uh, we, we see uh, Constantine who was uh, named as the, the first uh, Christian soldier and we can see from what's up there uh, <coughs> he decided uh, on his deathbed that he was uh, going to become uh, a Christian uh, and <coughs> he uh, encourages tolerance uh, as well and provided conditions for the churches to, to flourish in his era and that was around about 324 uh, AD as time moves on uh, Rome becomes like a Christian state and Theodosius followed uh, Constantine, uh, Constantine and uh, made Rome a Christian state in about 380 AD and again we can see that he was baptised after uh, a serious uh, illness. Uh, <coughs> we can see there that he, like, he fought uh, various battles in uh, support of uh, Christianity uh, and predominantly uh, the people that he, were, he was fighting against uh, supported uh, paganism uh, and that it was, he felt it was his duty to uh, defeat these uh, 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 infidels maybe would be the word that we would use as non-believers uh, <coughs> we can see at the bottom there that he backed the Nicene Creed and suppressed the Arian heresies and I didn't know what these were so what I did was I, I, I looked them up 
So the Nicene Creed was basically a, a, a list of statements of uh, their beliefs. Uh, <coughs> so we would probably say that uh, our Birmingham Amendment Statement of Faith is like something similar. It uh, tells, it lets people know what we, we believe and things like that. So that's what the Nicene Creed at that time uh, was a statement of the beliefs uh, that they had at that time. Uh, but uh, uh, Theodosius uh, also accepted uh, or he suppressed the, the, the Arian Creed uh, or the Arian Heresy, <coughs> which was a controversy around Jesus being uh, the Son of God and so uh, uh, subjective. Uh, to God, and like, this is that's part of our beliefs that Jesus was the, the Son of God. So they then went on to have the canonization of the Bible, which was where uh, they decided what uh, what books they would pick and what letters they would pick to go uh, in the Bible. So, as I mentioned earlier on, uh, the book of Judas was left out, and there's some other ones, uh, Tobit, the book of Judith, the wisdom of Solomon, and there's uh, the Ecclesiasticus of Bar Barus, uh, and the book of the Maccabees. So these were all, the, the church at that time decided that uh, these books uh, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be accepted, they wouldn't be, become part of the, the Bible. So in essence, although these men are making these decisions in the background, it's God that's uh, making these uh, decisions <coughs> in the background and uh, letting them decide what uh, would become part of the Bible. <coughs> so there are, there are various versions of the Bible and there's one, uh, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church uh, has, and it's like the longest Bible, uh, with 45 uh, in the Old Testament and 35 in the New. And now looking at what I've got there, it probably would have been a good idea of what, what they've got that's missing uh, from ours, to give you a comparison. But unfortunately, I'd never thought of that at the time when I was doing this. So, but the, the Ethiopian Bible is uh, a lot bigger than ours. Uh, <coughs> part of the, the, the part of a Christian's duties is to uh, preach the word, and uh, they, they they were told that to to go and make uh, disciples. They were told to preach that, <coughs> but we'll come back to that at a later point. So. <coughs> Today there are kind of two main uh, Christian churches. Uh, there's the Roman Catholic Church uh, and the Protestant Church. And both originated from the same uh, foundations, you know, like the first church that uh, was established <coughs> by the disciples uh, back when, uh, uh, around about the time that Christ got crucified. So there, <coughs> excuse me, was the uh, western side, which was kind of ruled by uh, Charlemagne, uh, uh, <coughs> and he was crowned by uh, uh, the Pope. And really, 
Yeah, that was to ingratiate him to the church, to make him uh, want to, to help the church. Uh, <coughs> uh, and then there was the, the other side was the Eastern Orthodox uh, Church, and this was really was like a federation uh, of churches. Uh, there was there's no real uh, rumor; they were all autonomous. Uh, and as you can see there, the oldest uh, the churches were kind of in the kind of main areas that the Bible talk about and, uh, and uh, visited. Uh, so, uh, well, particularly Jerusalem and Antioch and uh, not Alexandria and Constantinople. So the, the Christians obviously at that time travelled to these places and established uh, churches there. So <coughs> one of the things that we can see from that is that it was a federation uh, of churches and there was no... Uh, real rumour that they were all autonomous and really that is how uh, Christadelphian churches are uh, ran today we're, we're all uh, part of the same community but we all have our uh, own rules and uh, regulations that we uh, we follow along with the main uh, <coughs> main beliefs uh, that the Bible teaches us the persecution of the church this was really formed around greed so as uh, all properties and monies were uh, const uh, confiscated uh, by the state uh, so the state then owned these uh, properties so as the churches were persecuted and things like that uh, they lost the lands that they had they lost all their money and things uh, basically the, the governments uh, confiscated uh, any properties uh, that they had and the Spanish uh, Inquisition uh, was the, a bit like this that's what happened there and we'll come back to the Spanish Inquisition in a wee bit uh, <coughs> excuse me so there are through the years that Christianity has uh, been about, there are various aspects that have uh, caused uh, problems. Even today we have our own problems, but uh, in those days uh, there were things that uh, caused issues between them all. Now I'm not going to go into these in any great detail, so there are dates up there. So there was a great schism in 1054 AD. Uh, so there was issues that uh, the various uh, churches had. Uh, and before the Great Schism, there was uh, a mini one, 343 BC to 389. Uh, <coughs> and that was to do with Jesus not existing uh, before his birth, which uh, we would agree with. The Bible tells us about him, but he didn't exist. And then we see the Great Schism itself uh, would seem to have been caused by a disagreement regarding uh, the Trinity and the use of Latin and Greek languages in uh, the churches. <coughs> and because God's word uh, wasn't uh, open to a uh, common man, he was unable to make decisions about what the... Because he didn't understand the Bible, he was unable to make decisions. He just had to go with what he was being told. So if the priest or minister told him this because he couldn't read it for himself he, he, he had to just believe what he was being told 
and that then obviously, <coughs> like Chinese whispers, they say something and it spreads about, it gets watered down, uh, and Christianity and the beliefs that we have they get watered down. So with all these <coughs> issues and things, you then get people that want to defend it. And the defence of Christianity really uh, <coughs> was uh, the Crusades uh, out in the, the Middle East, where the Crusaders went out to try and uh, liberate the, the Christians out in the Holy Land from uh, uh, the Muslims. And this began uh, in the late 11th century uh, and included uh, Richard the Lionheart. So you can see on there the kind of journey that they would take. So they would start up in, uh, I don't even know where that is. I know uh, London's about here somewhere, so it's not London they're taking off from, Norwich or something like that. So anyway, they come off and they come round the coast of France and Spain <coughs> and come into Marseille. Uh, and then they slowly head across to Tripoli down in the uh, bottom uh, Right hand corner, you can never tell my left from my right. So they had a lot of travelling to get to where they were going to defend uh, the faith. But that was what they felt they had, uh, they had to do. <coughs> and uh, a lot of the, the knights that uh, did this, uh, some of them became what is known as uh, Knights Templars. And they themselves eventually, because they became so powerful, uh, they were uh, hunted down uh, and betrayed uh, by the, the Catholic uh, Church. So they were originally created to protect those that were going out to the, the Holy Land to worship, but latterly, because of the power that they had gained and the wealth that they'd gained, uh, the Church didn't like this and they then decided that uh, they wanted rid of them because they wanted the power and they wanted the wealth. <clears throat> now, in here I've got a paragraph that I'm going to read out that talks about the, the charges that they brought up against them. <clears throat> like, and nowadays, like, when I read it, you'll, you probably won't laugh out loud, but you'll have a laugh into yourself at some of the things. that. So the order was faced with five initial charges. Uh, the renouncement of and spitting on the cross during initiation. So when they were joining, uh, the, the people that were accusing them were saying that they were spitting on the, the cross that uh, Christ had been uh, crucified. Uh, the kissing of the initiate on the navel, mouth and posterior. The permitting of uh, homosexual acts. Uh, that the cord they wore uh, had been wrapped around uh, an idol uh, they worshipped. And they did not consecrate the host during Mass. Uh, over the trials, the charges against the Templars grew and grew in numbers, ranging from the burning of infants to the uh, abusing uh, virgins and even forcing uh, young brethren to eat the ashes of the dead. So there, there are various things that uh, they were all uh, accused of. We don't know what, what they did, but some of these are just like, uh, daft. It's like nowadays it just it wouldn't be accepted. They would need to have proper proof. But in those days, 
what someone important said went. Uh, if someone important said you did something, then they believed that person. <coughs> so they were persecuted and dispersed uh, and were no longer there to protect and help those that went out to the promised land to worship. Uh, as Christianity progressed uh, and the people became aware of uh, the Bible and they were able to learn about it, uh, some uh, families that had a bit of wealth would send their uh, children to monasteries uh, to learn. And this uh, St Thomas Aquinas uh, was one of these. Uh, so he was from Italy. Excuse me, and he he was sent to a monastery to uh, to learn. So really, <coughs> his family sent him to the monastery to learn, so that he could become the bishop or the cardinal, uh, and then be the ruler of the monastery. And then he would then say to these people, "I oh, know you need to go off this land because my family are having it." That's what his that's what his family's idea was. <coughs> However, he disagreed with. Uh, that philosophy and uh, he uh, teached uh, about democracy and learning uh, he wanted uh, there to be a coexistence between uh, science and religion so he understood there are uh, things in science that can help uh, you see that uh, religion is true <coughs> and he wanted to, to use these he wanted to them to be able to deal with uh, natural and eternal law uh, and this caused a problem with the authorities uh, by bringing non-religious teachings in with uh, religious uh, beliefs. Uh, hold on till I just read this note. So let's have, it really wasn't, it wasn't doing anything uh, against what the Bible taught. Uh, Unlike today, where we have uh, people uh, professing that uh, evolution uh, is true and that they're going against uh, the Bible teachings. Right, I think that... Uh, or maybe I'd... So th that chap, St Thomas... Uh, eventually uh, he, <coughs> he left the monastery and he got captured by his family and was imprisoned for years uh, and then eventually he escaped and uh, went abroad. So even uh, families have problems uh, with uh, religion. The three popes <coughs> and a Western uh, schism. So around about uh, 1377, uh, Pope Gregory came on the, the scene and uh, at first the, the bishops were happy with him. They voted him in and he was doing what they wanted him to do. But he then saw the bishops for what they were and that they, uh, they wanted money and power. Uh, and he thought that this was wrong, so he, he turned the tables on them, uh, a bit like uh, Christ turning the tables in the, the temple. In turn, they tried to replace him uh, with uh, Clement the Seventh, 
and they put in power and then that then started a tit for tat <coughs> which obviously doesn't help uh, Christianity in itself uh, and each side went on uh, defending uh, their Pope and uh, pushing him forward uh, and eventually that ended in 1417 uh, with Martin V being voted in as, as the Pope and we'll touch on that a wee bit later. <coughs> so other things that have uh, came to light in the, the journey or the story of Christianity, one of them was uh, Joan of Arc. Uh, so she started hearing voices from the age of 12 and she believed that she was the instrument of God and was there to expel the enemy <coughs> from France. It's just a as well... Uh, Paul Sarah that away now. <laughs> she maybe feel a wee bit guilty here. So, uh, so it expelled the enemy, so that was uh, the English out of uh, France. Uh, in essence, she was uh, martyred uh, for her belief in the voices uh, that she heard. So they, they interrogated her and she was going to confess that what she was doing was wrong uh, and at the last minute <coughs> she changed her mind and said that you know that she did hear these voices and she was burned uh, at a stake <coughs> uh, no doubt we'll have all seen the film about that at some point and this brings us on to the spanish inquisition now i'd never really heard about this uh, i went to gary and amy's wedding and bob did something about the spanish inquisition i think to do with monty python and I never watched Monty Python, so so it was only when I started doing this and it <coughs> started talking about this, I kind of understood a bit about it. So basically, uh, at that time, the Spanish Inquisition was used as a, a tool to suppress heresies among the, uh, the churches. So at that time, because uh, Christianity was at the forefront, uh, you would get lots of uh, people uh, changing their religion. And they used the Spanish Inquisition to seek these people out. So basically it was Jewish and Muslim converts. Uh, and they would check what they believed by inviting them along to a party and they would give them pork and things to eat. And if they didn't eat it, then they were not converted and uh, dealt with uh, <coughs> in the manner that they did at that time. So basically they used uh, various things to check uh, what they believed uh, by using the religion that they had been to find out. So we can see there over 150,000 were charged uh, and this changed uh, Spain from a multi-religion uh, re uh, country to a Roman Catholic uh, country. <coughs> so Nowadays, 150,000 uh, people being charged, it still does sound like a lot, but in, when you think of the millions of people that are about uh, today, it doesn't seem a great amount, but at that time, that was probably an awful lot of uh, people that get uh, charged at that time. So this is a map, and it has all the various uh, towns in Spain uh, where people were uh, persecuted. So you can see the biggest one is uh, Zaragoza <coughs> up here, 
where like 250 people uh, were put to death there. <coughs> and there are various uh, other towns that, were, that you can see up there. But Spain was a nation that uh, went and conquered. So it wasn't just in uh, Spain itself that uh, this happened. It happened in uh, all the wee, uh, countries and places where they'd uh, set up uh, outposts and things like that. So we can see there. Uh, <coughs> this was it was uh, all really instigated by uh, the, the Queen of Spain. Uh, she did it to... So basically, there were two main families in Spain and they married together and then her husband died so then she became like, the ruler of the whole of Spain. <coughs> and she saw herself going to lose her power uh, so did this to make sure that that wouldn't, uh, wouldn't happen. Yeah, after she did that, everyone was frightened for her. At that time, the Pope sanctioned uh, all of these things, but uh, he later on uh, regretted what he'd done. So there are other things that uh, <coughs> come in and try to uh, persecute Christianity uh, and other things that happened. So one of these was uh, the witch hunts that uh, happened in the 1600s and <clears throat> these uh, stem from uh, the fear of uh, the religious leaders uh, losing their power uh, in the, re uh, the, the region that they lived in so they then started uh, oh, I forgot the word they then started uh, accusing uh, certain people out of witchcraft and things like that uh, and this particularly started off in uh, Germany uh, and then spread. Uh, the most notable one that, uh, in reading this that I came across was the, the Salem Witch Trials in 1692. And unfortunately they were in a kind of catch-22 situation. So what they would do is they would put you on a chair and dip you into a pond and leave you there. And when they brought you out, if you were still alive, you were a witch and you get burnt. But if you were dead, you weren't a witch, you know, you were okay. So either way, you died. So. Oh, sorry, did I? I never moved that one. I'll leave that up for a minute just to let you have a look at it. Uh, <coughs> so. I've got some other notes here. Uh, so, some of the witches uh, had helped uh, people that were probably having epileptic fits, and because they helped them and they kind of seemed to be cured, they then were accused of uh, of witchcraft. And again, that's some of the things that we read in scripture, where <coughs> one uh, one chap was having fits and falling in the fire. Uh, and burning himself, so that probably would be a, a, an epileptic fit. Uh, <coughs> as Christianity moved on, there was then the birth of the Reformation. And the m most notable person uh, to do with this was uh, Martin uh, Luther. Uh, <coughs> 
uh, where he stated that we are not saved by uh, faith alone. He condemned the beliefs that uh, that you could pay uh, for forgiveness. And this had been used by the Catholic Church for years as a way to raise money. Uh, and there he was uh, condemning this. Uh, and obviously uh, if, if he's condemning it and people stop uh, going and paying for their sins to be forgiven, the church uh, loses money uh, and they didn't like this. Uh, <coughs> eventually he was brought before uh, the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V uh, on uh, charges uh, and then uh, he, he was transferred uh, and while he was being transferred he was secretly moved to the uh, Wart Wartburg Fortress <coughs> and that was where he translated the New Testament uh, into German and that allowed normal man to uh, be able to read the Bible uh, and learn for himself what the Bible has in it to tell us what uh, God wants us to know. So we can see down at the bottom there between 1534 and 1574 he produced about 100,000 copies which in that day and age is quite a massive amount of uh, books that he's uh, produced. <coughs> so this is a kind of diagram of how the, uh, the Protestant Reformation took place. I don't know how clear it is. So at the top left you've got Martin, Martin Luther uh, kicking it off. He's started the Reformation with uh, his translation of the scriptures. Uh, and then it, so it then goes on and uh, we've got uh, the kind of middle uh, right hand side so it's like, basically it's two pages in the book. The middle right one has got Henry VIII uh, attacking uh, Luther uh, on uh, what he's done. Uh, and the Pope is quite happy that he's done that and uh, is uh, very grateful. Uh, and then later on in the middle section, uh, we've got Henry's excommunicated because he... Uh, divorced and was uh, killing off his wife so that he could marry and get an heir and obviously he goes against the, the Pope there and is uh, excommunicated so <coughs> as I said Henry uh, VIII uh, instigated the birth of the Protestant church as we know it in 1534 and he made himself uh, the head of the church at that time and that was following the divorce uh, of uh, Catherine of Aragon as uh, things progressed through history uh, eventually uh, James uh, VI of Scotland uh, takes the throne uh, <clears throat> and he's on his way to London and he gets accosted by uh, lots of uh, church representatives and they want a meeting because, excuse me, of the things that he's getting involved in with the church uh, and how he's 
causing problems for them. So they're not going to be able to worship the way they want to worship. Uh, he's, it looks as if he's going to uh, make it like a, a Protestant state, a Catholic state, uh, and everyone to convert. So the people that have the differing views and what they believe want to get them and, and make them say, oh, I, I, you won't, you know, we don't want you to do this. We want them to say, yeah, okay, I'll let you believe what you want to believe. <coughs> so uh, they accost him and he agrees to set up a meeting of all the churches and discuss things. And out of that meeting, uh, he, he commissions the uh, the King James Bible to be uh, written and translated from Hebrew and Greek for the common man. And that is how we have uh, our Bible uh, today. And this, of course, let people like you and me read it and uh, make a decision uh, for ourselves in what the Bible says and not be told uh, that the Bible says this and we don't know. So, so the various <coughs> other Christian uh, religions arise out of the confusion of the church. Uh, we can see some of them up there, uh, Mormons, uh, Latter-day Saints, etc. And each of these uh, religions profess that their religion is the true one uh, <coughs> and they, they have their own take on uh, the words of God and they tell their uh, members uh, what they have to believe. However, we as uh, Christadelphians are, are founded on founded on the Bible but also because of uh, Dr John Thomas who said he would search out the truth if he made it through a storm while he was uh, travelling to uh, America. <coughs> and that he did, uh, calling the Brotherhood uh, the Christadelphians. Uh, <coughs> and this uh, allowed uh, Americans to register as conscientious objectors uh, during the American uh, Civil War. So, Christadelphians, <coughs> really, we've gone back to the basics. That we read the Bible uh, and we form an opinion on what the Bible says, uh, not what someone else tells us. We look at the scripture uh, and uh, at passages, but we also look at the surrounding passages to make sure that uh, what we believe is what the whole Bible is telling us and not just like, a wee particular section. So we don't have priests or ministers, uh, the Pope uh, or a monarch telling us uh, what we have to believe. And so we're like the apostles of old, we look for the return of Christ to set up his uh, kingdom uh, on the earth. Uh, <coughs> this is the passage that uh, Brother Kenneth uh, read out for us. So this passage foretells the last days. Uh, when we'll be laughed at for our uh, beliefs. So so far I've not had anyone laugh in my face. Uh, I don't know if any of you, I don't see anyone, she, uh, anyone shaking their head yes. So I've not had anybody laugh in my face or 
uh, say anything to me, but I don't. You don't know what's happening uh, behind your back. But certainly the verses that we we read uh, there indicate that that there will be people that will scoff at us uh, in the last days. Certainly the uh, people that go about professing uh, uh, evolution and things like that. Uh, I've forgotten his name. Uh, Dawkins. So, I mean, uh, he... He'll be laughing at us. But, hey, we've got the last laugh, haven't we? <coughs> so, we can see down, kind of fourth line from the bottom, <coughs> uh, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition uh, of ungodly men. So, at the time when uh, Christ returns, uh, people like him will be dealt with uh, accordingly. We're also told in this passage, so all through the Bible we have uh, God uh, giving us uh, promises of what will come to pass. And in, this, in these verses there, uh, we're, we're told that God is not slack concerning uh, his promise. So just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean to say it won't happen. We're told God is, uh, if he says something will happen, it happens. And so we look forward to the day when God will set up his kingdom. Uh, <coughs> fifth line from the bottom. Uh, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God? And that's how we have to be and uh, act. We have to prepare ourselves uh, for Christ's return to set up God's kingdom. And we have to remind ourselves of uh, the promises uh, that have been given to us and how uh, we ourselves have to uh, behave. And again, I think I forgot to know I did move it on. So returning to, we, we touched on this for a slide, it was just up for maybe 30 seconds or so, it said go make uh, disciples. <clears throat> and that's what those of old were told. Uh, they were told to preach to uh, all mankind, uh, and so that's what we to do. We do today. We we tell people that they they need to believe and they need to uh, be baptized, uh, and that that really is the only way that they they can be saved and become part of uh, God's plan and purpose. Yeah, so this is Mark uh, <coughs> 16 uh, and verse 9 to 17. Uh, now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him, as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. After that he appeared in another form unto two of them eh, as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them. Afterward he appeared unto the eleven eh, as they sat at meat and, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, 
Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptised shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, they shall speak with uh, new tongues. <coughs> so we are like the disciples. Uh, uh, we use God's word uh, and we understand it, that it's telling us to go forth and uh, to preach uh, the truth. Now there was something that I read there. Uh, so the Mary Magdalene saw them, the two disciples uh, saw them on the road and they, they didn't believe them. And this is what we have to be careful that we are ready when Christ returns, that we are ready to believe that it is him and that he has come back. <coughs> so Christadelphians are like the first church. Uh, we preached the word of God, uh, Christ is his son uh, and the apostles. Uh, we, we go forth and we preach and we tell uh, people that it is essential to believe and uh, be baptised. Christianity is a remarkable story. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, it's gone full circle. So we've started off with the base beliefs, uh, the beliefs, the commandments that Christ has told us. And we've gone through the ages and they've all got watered down and things like that. But the Bible then... Uh, was written that we were allowed to read it and we've managed to get ourselves back on track uh, <clears throat> and come back round to the thoughts and the beliefs that the disciples had in the first century. <clears throat> uh, and so we have to reject all modern thoughts uh, of going to heaven and uh, hell, purgatory, the trinity, christening. Uh, none of these uh, things are or, uh, we're not told of any of these things in the Bible. Only believing in what the Bible says uh, will allow us to uh, be given the opportunity of eternal life at Christ, uh, at Christ's return. For in, in the end, <coughs> there are beliefs uh, in the Bible that saves us uh, if we follow its uh, commandments. Therefore, so this is Matthew 7, verse 12. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so uh, to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be that go uh, in thereat. Because the gate because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravening wolves ye shall know them by their fruits do men gather grapes off thorns or figs off thistles even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not fruit, bringeth forth, 
bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then <coughs> will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So in that passage, uh, in the, the red bit, we're told to beware uh, of false prophets coming in uh, sheep's clothing. Uh, so that's uh, people coming in with false doctrine into uh, our midst and preaching. Uh, I was at a conference recently, and uh, <coughs> I'm only saying this because we're all Christadelphians here. I was at a conference recently, and there was uh, somebody maybe about 20 years ago that uh, spoke at an intercity uh, uh, Easter gathering, Nick Willocks. He caused all sorts of problems then. And uh, a conference earlier on in the year had invited him, he's a minister now, and they had invited him along to, to speak. No, is that not, uh, well, personally I think that's terrible, inviting uh, someone that doesn't believe what we believe uh, along to speak to uh, our members. So a lot, a lots of these things are about uh, false prophets, <coughs> and they're being encouraged by uh, some people in our uh, community who are the, the wolves in sheep's clothing. <coughs> so really the decision is uh, yours to make. Do you want to follow a lie? Uh, so all the things that uh, other Christian religions are telling you uh, or unite yourself with the true gospel message. The message is given by the apostles. And it's all in here if you really want to know about it. Thank you.